Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm not wasting these gold moments on the 60 Minutes. (laughs) Oh, wow, Rob, what a treat and a joy to be talking to you. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? I'm liking your new digs. This is flusher than any studio that I've ever worked in. I, I want to come on this show all the time because no other show would ever set me up with that much room for danger. Robin Robbo. Streaming across the globe, Ben Norris, Rob McKnight and David Robinson. Ben Robin Robbo. Hello there and welcome to another big week of the Ben Robin Robbo Show as we stream live around the world. And there's two boys I love to do a bit of a stream with, Benjamin Norris and David Robinson. Hello, Robbo. How are you going today? Hello, Robert. Great to be with you. Great to be with Ben and Amanda and Abby and the, the countless tens of people who are watching us live. Oh, don't be like that. That's, you know that's not true. <laughs> 70,000 a week. I used to make the same jokes. I used to make the same jokes on Studio 10. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but it was true then. Uh, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Ben? It's Monday, bitch, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I'm just wondering... Okay, so a lot of truth bombs happening here this morning. What happened over the weekend? Is everyone feeling okay? <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm actually I'm feeling really excited about this week. And uh, it's funny, we've just been locking in some amazing guests for this week. Great guests this week, but fantastic guests next week as well. So we're very, very excited. And today, you know, there's been a lot of debate about um, herd immunity versus Uh, lockdowns and we've been talking on this show about Sweden and what they've been doing so today we're going to talk with a doctor who's on the front line in the emergency wards and find out whether herd immunity is working in Sweden that's going to be really interesting we'll also talk with Malk as the voice jumps from channel 9 to channel 7 yes the voice will be on channel 7 next year and we'll also be looking at the um mtv video music awards which have literally just happened we've got it all in this episode including as always (laughs) our hot topics but before we get into our hot button issues let's have a look at some of the latest news on the coronavirus front from around the country and to victoria first where the state has reported 73 new cases there have also been 41 reported new deaths however we must note 22 of those date back to late July and were only reported to the Department of Health and Human Services in the past 24 hours. Dan Andrews will make an announcement this Sunday regarding Victoria's roadmap to easing restrictions, stating that there will be a number of key principles that underpin the opening up roadmap. To New South Wales now, where there have been 10 new reported cases, of those 10, six are in hotel quarantine and four were transmitted within the community from a known cluster in Sydney CBD. Premier Gladys Berejiklian has again encouraged the public to wear face masks where social distancing is not possible, particularly on public transport where the current state of mask wearers is thought to be approximately 60% of passengers. And there has been one new case in Queensland in the past 24 hours from a known source. Premier Anastasia Palaget has said she will not be moved on border closure despite federal pressure. However, is looking to coordinate specialist appointments and exemptions for medical purposes. In good news, the Northern Territory has once again reported zero new cases, bringing the state to 16 days coronavirus free. And look, we're talking about border lockdown. It looks like Australians are happy for state borders to remain closed in the fight against COVID-19. A poll conducted for the Australians shows 80% of people support border closures if the health situation demands it. The loudest voices were in South Australia with 92% 
percent backing their right to refuse entry to other Australians, followed by WA on 91% and Queensland on 84%. The ongoing disagreement over border closures appears to have hurt the PM in the latest news poll, with the Coalition and Labor now deadlocked at 50-50 on a two-party preferred basis. That's Labor's highest primary vote since April. When it comes to the better PM, though, Mr Morrison wins hands down, although his support has fallen two points, while Anthony Albanese rose four points, his highest rating since May. Robbo, do you think the PM has misjudged voters here? He, he keeps pushing for borders to open... But these results do show people are happy with keeping borders closed. Yeah, I'm kind of starting to get a bit uh, a bit uh, off the uh, border closures, to be honest. And this is a, a kind of a new opinion of mine. But I just think, aren't we all Australians? And the thing that really clicked for me was in, in your report there, you mentioned uh, South Australians saying that they, they're happy with the border closures to other Australians. Now, as far as I remember, this isn't Europe. This is one country. Uh, I, I'm concerned now that it's becoming almost like a state of origin where, uh, well, you know, we've kept the numbers down or you've got bad numbers and things like that. We're all Australians. What's interesting is we talked on this program last week where Anastasia Palaszczuk said uh, that a woman had to go and travel for 16 hours because she couldn't cross the border into Queensland. Now, all of a sudden, she's turned because of that awful case where uh, the unborn twin died. Um, so do we have to come to deaths where we remember that we are... Uh, Non-COVID deaths, I mean. Do we have to come to that before we remember, oh, we're all Australian, we're all on the one team, we're all on the one continent? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. No. <laughs> what? What's going on? Sorry, are you guys... Is Ashton Kutcher going to come in and prank me? Is it punked? Is he going to punk me? Is he going to be like... Hey. Well, hang on a sec. Let me just quickly make an obvious statement. And that is that, you know, look, the borders are shut and Victoria's in a really difficult situation. The numbers in Victoria are dramatically high. You want to open the borders and let that Victorian outbreak slip into, you know, seep into New South Wales because we're all Australian? Like... Hey, I've got the flu, why don't you have the flu too? We're all Aussie. I don't understand. Well, no, I don't really think that. I just think that we're... I, I, I worry that we're getting to a point where it is essentially, you know, everyone for themselves, and I don't really like that for Australia. I would... I understand that uh, there is COVID in Victoria, and I understand that this... This is a new opinion. Like I said before, I'm still working out this opinion, so I just wanted to share it from that question from Rob. Which I, um, I think okay, is fair uh, enough, I, Robbo. I, I think the issue here, though, is about containment. And I understand what you're saying, that it seems like a border... Uh, uh, community in that we don't want um, people to come in with the disease and that's what we're looking at. I've got to say, being in Queensland, I'm actually happy with our border decisions because I have a relatively free experience to go out and I practice social distancing, but we relatively have normal lives up here in Queensland, whereas Victoria is doing it really, really tough. Do we want that to become the state of affairs everywhere? Because we know people won't do the right thing. We've seen cases where people are trying to get across the border illegally. So if we just open up the borders, I don't feel confident that people will do the right thing. And if it's in Victoria and we can contain it as hard and difficult as it, as it is for Victorians, and I'm not saying this lightly when I talk about the fact Victorians are doing it tough, but, I, but isn't it better that one group of people do it tough rather than the whole country having to do it tough? 100%. Yeah, sure. I, don't, I, I don't understand you, I, that. I take your point entirely question. on that. Like, is, it, is, it just, is it that we're all Australian? But that's what I don't understand. We're all Aussie, so we should all do this together. I mean, I just, I just want to clarify that exact point because you are a smart man and you're a very good friend of mine and I know you're very researched and you wouldn't be saying this sort of stuff, even though you are exploring it with us, which I really appreciate. I just feel like there must be something more to it than simply saying that we're all in this together because we're all Australian. I just think, uh, I appreciate what you said there, Ben. Thank you. Um, uh, I just think that, it, to me, it's starting to feel almost like a little bit of a pile on for poor Victoria. And Victorians are doing it really tough. Uh, what I just worry about is that we're starting to get maybe possibly caught up in, well, we've only got zero cases and we've only got, you know, five cases and look at Victoria. That to me doesn't share that kind of, and I hate using this cliche, but mateship and this kind of connection. And I, I, don't, I just, I just don't, I, I guess I'm sensitive to the fact that I don't want Victoria to feel like a leper as part of the rest well, of the Well, we don't. Country. And do you know what? And I, think I, I think if we don't, 
We don't appreciate, like we don't. And I just want to say to you that you've never made me feel like that. And anytime I have felt really emotional about people saying, oh, well, we've got zero. Hey, I went out on a night on the town or yes, I went to my sister's birthday or sadly I went to my grandfather's funeral. All of those things happen. I rationalize that every single time. I know that my fellow Australians have my back. They have reached out to me a number of times when I've gone through hardship and that is mateship. That is when Australians are doing the right thing. And we have to go back to probably the original topic here, and that is about Scott Morrison's popularity and whether or not this border closure is drastically affecting him. I, I, think, it, I think this is the Australian people speaking. And I think we just have to be... I mean, I, the thing about Scott Morrison that I never really liked, which I now feel like I can like about him, is that at least he's keeping his mind open and trying to think of what the best thing is to do for us. But I definitely think that these borders need to stay closed. Yeah, I think that's a very yeah. good point. I tend to agree with that. It'll be interesting to see. That I believe the stage four restrictions were meant to end in about a fortnight. Interestingly, it was Victoria who were less um, supportive of the border closures when the, in the state-by-state -state breakdown uh, and probably because of the state of lockdown Victoria's in. Look, as this debate rages between lockdowns and herd immunity, as I said earlier, we're going to speak to a doctor in Sweden who is on the front line in an emergency ward. Is herd immunity working over there? We'll find out shortly. Well, there are renewed calls for solidarity, solitary confinement to be scrapped in Queensland prisons. There have been many reports in the past lambasting the use of the punishment. The mental wellbeing of prisoners has been shown to severely deteriorate the longer they're kept alone. So far, the state government has not engaged with those who want the law changed, but some frontline correctional officers agree that the practice should be stopped. Ben, these are convicted criminals. Jail isn't meant to be easy, so is the government correct? to continue allowing this practice to go ahead. I think what's interesting about this is that I do think that, you know, you've committed the crime, so you've got to do the time. However, I don't necessarily think that there should be long-term effects that prevent these people from joining society and becoming, uh, being able to val redeem themselves in some way. And some of the horrific cases of people coming out of these situations are proving that um, I, I think that they're a little bit too tough. And I think what we need to do when we are making sure that criminals, um, you know, uh, how am I going to say this? I think when we are trying to make sure that they are being prisoned correctly, we need to keep reevaluating those situations because if it is unnecessary to inflict pain on somebody with inside those walls, it is going to be really difficult for them to go back into society. And I guess sometimes we're a little bit colorblind when it comes to talking about people going to jail. I think sometimes we think it's like the movies, oh, that person went to jail forever. People go to jail for three months, six months, or, you know, short periods of time. And those people have a right to really get back on the road. That's what I sure think. Sure they do. But we've got to accept there's also a reason they're in solitary confinement. You know, each I get that. is an individual case, but I, I I don't believe that they'd be put in solitary confinement for no reason whatsoever. Robert, what are your thoughts on no, this? No, they... Oh, sorry, Ben, go on. I just want to quickly say, I definitely think that those rules have been put in place for a reason, and I have agreed with that. You know, I think that those conditions were fine, but then when I did my research, I then was a little bit concerned because I was like, I'm just really concerned for people who have long-term effects that prevent them from being able to join society again. And maybe we need to relook at that. Sorry, well, that's a That's a whole issue with the prison system that many people say that uh, prisoners become institutionalised and when they go outside because they're given breakfast, lunch and dinner, told when to sleep, told when to train, you know, all those kind of things, that they actually can't adjust to life on the outside where they have free will. So uh, it, that's not just solitary confinement. That's the jail system uh, altogether. But, Robbo, I'll give you the last word on this one. When you think about prison, I think it is just a massive failure and there are so many layers to this that we could talk about for, you know, hours and hours and hours. But um, jail certainly doesn't have a good... Uh, um, reputation as being a rehabilitator. It, it, if anything, it is totally the opposite of that. Um, I did a story once in at Bunbury Regional Prison and the, the warden there, wonderful woman, said to me, you go to prison as punishment, not for punishment. That's always really stuck with me. 
you're in jail now. Uh, unless you're doing something bad, like you shanked someone in the showers or something, then, yeah, you go to solitary confinement, you need to be removed. Um, but I, I also think that it glosses over the issues. Uh, you know, I don't have the stats, but I would suggest that a lot of people who are in prison have mental health issues or drug issues or alcohol issues or, you know, various mental health issues as a, as a, as a whole. Um, and that's not being taken into context uh, or into account when someone's being shoved in a room for 23 hours a day um, because they've acted out or something like that. There must be a better way because in the end, it doesn't help society, it doesn't help the community, it doesn't help the prisoner, and it doesn't help the victims either because there will most likely be more. Okay, thank you. Well, moving on, and in what is believed to be a first for Australia, a man... What Sorry. It was... No. I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble, but it was the way that you... It sounded like you might have seen a, a poo from the, the Quickie Mart at the Simpsons. It was like, okay, thank you. I was like, thank you. and that is not me doing kind of, an accent, by you. the way. It was very funny. It was, all right, thank you. Moving on. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like if you could put it into it, it would be a flick. It would just be a, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry, as you were, Rob. It was very funny. Okay, I, thank you. I really, I, I'm going to have to watch the replay on that one. I really don't know what I did. I was just trying to be playing. Well, you okay, enjoyed that. You. Come again. I tried not to laugh. But I tried not to laugh, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm hot. Sorry, I'm embarrassed. I feel like I've done something. <laughs> no, no, you no. You've done much worse on this show. <laughs> That's certainly true. All right, moving on. And in what is believed to be a first for Australia, a man in Western Australia will be fitted with a tracking device after he failed to quarantine. Police are alleging that uh, police are alleging that Paul John Lawrence failed to comply with the state's pandemic policies when he returned from a trip to Queensland. When he arrived in Perth, he complained of chest pains and was taken to hospital. Instead of then going into mandatory hotel quarantine, he left the hospital and went to a hostel where he was later arrested. The state government had purchased 200 of the tax, sorry, the state government had purchased 200 of the trackers earlier in the year and expect Mr Lawrence to be fitted with it within 40, 24 hours, but stress they won't rush because they want to get it right in the eyes of the law. Robbo, what do you think? Does the punishment fit the crime here? I, it sounds to me, uh, Robin Ben, that it, it, this looks like it's a uh, making an example of uh, case here. Uh, he's not a serial offender. He hasn't completely, uh, you know, he hasn't gone in and out of quarantine and things like that. So it wouldn't appear to be that the punishment fits the crime. Uh, I think he's just the unlucky one that's going to be ta uh, made an example of. And if you stuff Give around, you're going to get an ankle bracelet. a break. This guy loses all his rights. Once again, we were just talking about border closures and this is exactly my point. People are selfish and they don't do the right thing. This is why we have to keep the borders closed. Put the ankle bracelet on, bracelet on and chuck him in jail for all I care. You break the rules, you break the law, you get what's coming. I hate this. It really does my head in, Robbo. Yes, uh, but we've had other serial offenders who have gone in and out of quarantine, and they don't have yeah, ankle don't bracelets. And throw the put an ankle an ankle bracelet for you, an ankle bracelet for them. Put an ankle bracelet on everyone. I say, I'm like Oprah it, with it's, it's ankle Oprah. bracelets. You get an ankle bracelet. You get an ankle bracelet. You get an ankle bracelet. It's a worrying trend, though. If we're going to start putting trackers on people, there's legislation that's been Not passed. Not if you do the wrong I thing. I get concerned about this kind of thing where we're tracking these trackers are normally used for you know sex offenders or uh, people on parole no like difference that. in my eyes no this is the big thing people now think they can break the law when it comes to wearing masks because they've decided this isn't um a, a, a big legal issue well it is it's the law so if you're disobeying the law you deserve everything you get yeah i agree i'm sorry i agree and um I feel bad because, like, I feel like we should even out um, how many times we disagree with Robbo in one show because I know what it's like when <laughs> I have to get disagreed on the I'm whole okay way. I get disagreed on some, yeah. the, sometimes the whole way through the show I get disagreed upon and then I go and I cry um, and have a glass of wine. Actually, oh. I don't cry, but I definitely have the wine. Um, I was just oh. going to say, though, I think for anyone who breaks, uh, who anyone who has COVID and does the wrong thing after that, then 
100% gets the ankle bracelet. I think that people anyone are who dying. gets it... It's no better than murder. You are murdering people if you don't do the right thing, so you deserve to be treated oh, like a criminal. All righty. All right. Coming up next on 2GB, we're going to give you the weather. <laughs> uh, and uh, the latest but, but, news... No, come Stay on, Robbo. You, you, you are potentially killing people by not doing the right thing. Yes. Yeah. I just, I don't know, the murder yeah. thing, it was fun. This is a fun show. This feels like a Thursday. I don't know what it is. I like this. This is a fun It's a bit loose, I'll Thursday. give you that. <laughs> You've still got booze in your bodies from the weekend. That's what it is. I want to breath oh. test the both of you moving forward on Monday. No, I'm clean as a judge. Sober as a judge. Okay, well, I don't yeah, know how I'm clean, clean a judge's house is, but I'm pretty sure they're still drinking. Anyway, move on. <laughs> Next. What Are we done with this Thank topic? You. <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you. you. If you do, if you break COVID rules, you are a murderer. Judge Rob has ruled. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, if the lack of social distancing or face masks at the, Repu- at the Republican National Convention wasn't frightening enough, have a look at former mayor of New York City uh, and President Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. In the summer, who stood by me through thick and thin and taught me strong values every day. They never seem to show people like me. Oh. <laughs> now, so what he's done is he's wiped the sweat with his hanky, put the hanky oh, down, saw. and then rubbed. So get this. Amanda's Why like, did he bring a mannequin? Is that a mannequin <laughs> or a sex Like, did that thing move? Very plastic. Yeah, she did. Sorry. She loved it as well. Okay, actually, she was like, Ooh, I want your thanks. opinions on this. What do you think? It's disgusting. I just want to say the funniest thing about this is it kind of reminds me of what Giuliani did in New York City, Um, you know, at a time where everyone was like, Giuliani's done so much for New York City, but he just moved all the homeless people out. Like, he put them all on buses and just, like, got out of sight, out of mind. And I feel like that was him just wiping his forehead and then smearing it (laughs) on someone else. Wow, what a stretch. Robo, like, thank you. Not just a, a wonderful visual representation of what Republicans think about COVID nineteen. Oh, it just even after all of this, this time, political divide. It's well, he at just the Republican did. National Convention. Oh, okay. But he's... <laughs> what the hell did you just say to me? Oh my God! It's like talking about Ian Thorpe, but I can't mention the Olympics though. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Ian Thorpe. Uh, <laughs> can I? Uh, it's a big Robo, nice, a big feat. Can I, don't can I just say? Um, can I just mm. say, Amanda <laughs> turned around. I was working away. Amanda was loading in the vision today and she said, why the hell are you doing this story? I said, what do you mean? And she said, this isn't a story. Who cares? I feel sorry for the man. He wiped some sweat and then he touched, He didn't touch it with the sweat. He, his hand didn't have the sweat on it. She said, that's something you would do to me. She said. Oh. <laughs> and I went, no, I wouldn't. And then I did rub her shoulder and she said, where's that hand been? And I said, down my pants. Uh, but <laughs> okay, the show has been axed. Right. We've gone. Yeah. I've been I'm, Where's Ashton Sorry, can we share your reaction? She's hating me right now. <laughs> Amanda, I'll be there as soon as I can. Pack a couple of bags and bring the kids. We're going to get you out of there. Cry for help. It's a Britney Spears cry for help if I've ever seen one. Her point was it wasn't a big deal what Giuliani was doing. Yes, but we're being told America has the worst rate of deaths. They're they're shit at COVID. And then you've got someone who is at the very forefront, who is in the Oval Office all the time, uh, touching his face, rubbing his sweat, uh, you know, on the lady next to him like that's that's an actual bloody issue and i think it just goes to show the arrogance and the (sighs) ignorance of the republicans and the people who who you know fill their pews uh and uh, what they think about it like that's like we've known about this is not like the first week of the bloody pandemic we know not to touch our face uh everyone's dying over there am i an idiot here yeah, no, no, you're no, so fine. I'm, I'm into you, Robbo, but, you know, that's no, a very general now, question. It's taken me a long time to get to this on this show today, but I'm finally with... I'm with... Oh, unfortunately, oh, Ben's... Uh, oh. Just as Ben oh, was about to agree with? with you, he's gone. How did that happen? Who was it's it? not like I hit oh, his magic cutting? button or anything. <laughs> Wonder how that happened. We lost Ben, everybody. We literally you lost Ben. Lord. How did that happen? Well, he was about to agree... 
<laughs> ben, we lost you Benny right as you were about to agree with Robbo, and now we need to move on. Okay. So. I'm so glad that it's got, I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's garlic. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <sighs> I'm back. I agree with Robbo. And then oh, I felt damn. like you disconnected hey. the. Oh, yeah, there we go. I said I agree with Robbo and his pews, but then I accidentally said pubes, and I was like, oh, God, and then I was censored. So I was like, oh, we've got a new censoring system on the show. <laughs> I've now got a button where I can stop you guys. Look, uh, moving on, okay, yeah. and we're going to have a bit of an early tease of entertainment today because the MTV Music Awards uh, just finished a short time ago. Ben, bring us some entertainment news. What happened with the VMAs? Yeah, thanks, Rob. I this is quite exciting. A little different to the. Oh no, my am I, am I working? Yes. Ah, oh, sorry. The fact that you went all crazy as soon as you asked me that question, it looked like I'd disco been disconnected. Anyway, I'm going to pull myself ben, back together and ben, talk about the, the viewers MTV. couldn't see that. That was you get that on oh. the preview monitor. They couldn't see me going like this to Amanda. Oh, I couldn't work out what you were doing because I could see you on Can the I screen. Just say, I no wonder everybody thinks we're we we they all think we're high from the weekend <laughs> and they're saying you boys should be having a drink. You're all crazy today. What is going on here? I don't know, we're having a good time. Now look, the reason I'm having a great uh, can time. Can you do your flash? No, it didn't work. <laughs> No, it didn't work. We heard it, I though. was waiting for... I was yeah. waiting for my little... Yay! That's right, Rob. It oh, was a little different to the big show. award shows that we're used to, but they made it work. MTV has said that they adhered to all state and city guidelines with performances outdoors, social distancing, and a and limited number of audience. And I tell you what, the big winner of today, being last night in America, was Lady Gaga. She won Artist of the Year... The Tri Icon Award, Song of the Year for her collaboration with Rain on Me and Ariana Grande, which then of course also won Collaboration of the Year and Best Cinematography for Music Video. So amazing for that particular song. My partner absolutely loves Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. And the pair also performed on the night, and we've got some footage. Check it out. Hard to tell the difference between Lady Gaga and Sia these days with the uh, the great big mask on. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> All very well and good. Thanks for that. Thanks for playing. I will quickly just go on to say because this is really exciting. I love the weekend, and the weekend took out the big award for the night, which is everyone always talks about video of the year. You know, video of the year is back where Taylor Swift was up against Beyonce when she did Single Ladies and we got that famous moment from Kanye West. It is the most coveted award of the night. And I tell you what, the weekend was fantastic. He managed to get up and make a speech uh, to bring awareness to the Black Lives Matter movement. And I thought that was fantastic. And then another artist who I also really like was Dojo Cat. She managed to pick up another award which was fantastic she's been everywhere this year do you not know who dojo cat is dojo i, ha dojo I have cat. no idea dojo cat who the bloody hell's a dojo oh. cat what the well this is because this? you two no you two are old and so you don't have tiktok do either you're of you older than robbo yeah, no he looks older than me, older than me so that's fine i'll take it so uh <laughs> you both are older than me and yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll send well, you What about the weekend? What kind of name is that? Yeah, this is know, how you sorry, sound old. You're on your own now, Grandpa. To 50. He looked yeah, like no, he'd had fantastic. a big weekend. Um, all right, Ben, oh. that, sorry, you've got a bit more. Go on. <laughs> oh, no, I feel like I'm done. I feel like, you know, I've got more entertainment coming up at the end of the show, and I'm really excited to go through that because it won't happen. So um, I will let go on. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm just about to pull the plug on this episode. I don't know what's going on. Things have well, gone we have, from bad to crazy. Yeah, no, but we have oh, something really exciting. I know, we have something really exciting and really informative coming up, so we're going to pull ourselves together. Yeah. Are actually, we going to pull ourselves together? 
because this we, is really important. I've actually told people to watch um, this episode and I'm starting to regret it. So this is how we're going to dig ourselves out of the grave. Yes, indeed. So we're going to pull right. ourselves together. Is that what yes. you Yes. Yeah, that's the same. I'm going to pull myself together. Yes. Oh, I don't, I don't think I'm keen to do that with you boys, but I'll, I'll get myself together. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> we're moving on now. We're moving okay. on. All right. Do you know what, Amanda? Could you take the random live shot of the day? I, I think we just need a little break before we go into the next thing. Let's Thank just you. Do Good idea. Great idea. It's Bye, the random live shot of the day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the random live shot of the day. And today we're taking you to Malaysia, where it's a mostly sunny 25 degrees with a high of 31 degrees. We are looking at your feedback, and a lot of you agree that it is a very strange episode. But um, we will come back to the feedback a little shit later on the Ben, Rob and Robbo show. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay. Well, with Victoria recording a shocking 41 deaths overnight, many commentators are weighing the pros and cons of herd immunity and asking whether we should have gone down that path. Sweden took an unpopular approach and didn't instigate a lockdown, which has divided opinion. Sebastian Rushworth is a doctor in the emergency room of one of the big hospitals in Stockholm, Sweden. Sebastian wrote an article about Sweden's experience and Sebastian is here to talk to us about it today. Welcome, Sebastian, to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Thank you very much. Sebastian, we know Sweden took a much more relaxed approach than many other countries, Australia included. What kind of measures, if any, were put in place? Um, so I think the big difference is that uh, the measures taken by Sweden were pretty much entirely voluntary. So there was uh, a recommendation that uh, uh, in particular people over the age of 70 stay home as much as possible, avoid social contacts as much as possible. And uh, apart from that, people were recommended to stay home if they're sick. To um, But there wasn't a lockdown like pub. we've experienced in Australia where people have been forced to stay indoors and, and mm. isolate. No, there hasn't been any force involved. It's all been entirely voluntary. Um, I'm really interested about the herd immunity part of this. So um, the whole reason Sweden's taken this approach is the idea of getting herd immunity. Do you believe that is happening? Because the articles that I'm reading suggest that that hasn't materialised. I think in Sweden, we're all pretty sure that we have developed herd immunity. And uh, I think there there's probably a, a media agenda outside Sweden to, uh, to claim that we haven't developed herd immunity. What, I'm, what but, I'm talking about is not actually, um, uh, it's medical journals. So um, there are professors in, in the UK, so not within Sweden, because I, I do get the feeling Sweden is very much on board. Uh, as an outsider looking in, it seems the people of Sweden are on board with the approach your government has taken. But um, professionals outside of Sweden are saying we don't want to take that approach over in the UK because it hasn't worked, it hasn't materialised. I think the people who are saying that we don't have herd immunity in Sweden are looking at one thing. They're looking at the rate of the population that has antibodies, mm -hmm. which is still maybe 20% or something like that. And obviously 20% of a population having immunity isn't going to be enough to have herd immunity. And, uh, but if you actually look at what's happening in Sweden, the infection rate has crashed. Uh, in, in the hospital where I work, I haven't seen a single case of COVID in the emergency room in over six weeks. And uh, right. at the moment, there isn't a single person being treated for COVID in the hospital where I work, in spite of the fact that there is uh, 
no no lockdown in spite in spite of the fact that everyone is living normally and uh, and there are also studies coming out now that show that many people who become infected with covid don't develop antibodies but they do develop t cells t cells specific for covid and they they also seem to develop a functioning immunity so so my argument to that would be Yes, only a minority has antibodies, but I think a much larger proportion of the population has T cells and that that is what is allowing us to now have herd immunity. This is a very quick two-part question to you. How many people are you aware of that has died in, in Sweden? Like how many people? So the official statistic is uh, now about 5,800, I think, almost 6,000. Okay. That's a lot of people, but how does a government like Sweden justify to its citizens? I don't know how they're coping with this, but you know, how do they justify to their citizens that a bunch of them are going to die in order for them to generate herd immunity for the greater good? I mean, that must be a really bitter pill for them to swallow, right? So um, I really, I mean, I'm not a representative of the Swedish government, so I can't answer for exactly how they were reasoning, but I really doubt that was uh, uh, how they were thinking about it. I but do think, you then yeah. justify, because let's just move away from the government there with that question. Mm. You know, you as a doctor and with the knowledge and the know-how that you have, how do you then justify that, that a, a large part of the population would need to die and be put at risk in order to generate herd immunity? Well, I mean, first of all, 6,000 isn't a large part of the population. In Sweden, we have uh, around 90,000 deaths a year from from other causes, and, and we have 10 million citizens. You really need, you need to put the, I mean, 6,000 sounds big when you just say 6,000, but you need to put it in a, in a overall perspective. And um, so, I think what the Swedish government did differently from other governments is to weigh the consequences of uh, lockdown against the consequences of not locking down, because lockdown is not a death-free option. No. I, I mean, uh, the fear-mongering that's gone, gone along with lockdown has probably resulted in, uh, in quite a few deaths. We've seen... Uh, ED volumes, I mean, emergency room volumes around the world have dropped in a, in a lot of countries by 50% because people are afraid to go to the emergency room. And I think it's probably the case that a lot of people have had heart attacks or strokes or other potentially fatal diseases, but they've been so afraid to go to the emergency room to be treated that they've ended up dying of those other diseases at home. So, I mean, I think it's quite possible that lockdowns killed more people than COVID has. We're going to need to do an accounting when this is over and see see what the overall effect of lockdown is. And that's, that's just looking at deaths. You also need to consider all the other negative effects. What are the negative effects of keeping children out of school for six months or a year? Uh, uh, what what are the negative effects of making a large part of the population unemployed? We know that when people are unemployed, they they drink more, they're more likely to commit suicide. So mm. I think... But those statistics Sweden aren't necessarily only... right. I mean, allegedly in Australia, the statistics on people uh, with mental health issues taking their life, I mean, the statistics on that is that it's lower at this point of the year than last year. Mm. Yeah, so like I say, I mean... We, we're going to need to look at the end of this, what the total picture is. I just think you can't say that not locking down uh, uh, has negative consequences without also considering what are the negative consequences of lockdown. And you need to look at the whole picture and weigh both the negative effects of one and the negative effects of the other. And I think, I think, you know, I think the reason we had this severe global lockdown is because this started in China and uh, China did a very severe lockdown and uh, then we saw that the disease was spreading very rapidly around the world and I think governments saw that and they panicked and they saw that what China was doing uh, seemed to be working and they they went with the same option and uh, 
I think it's very possible that if this pandemic had started in a Western democracy, that that uh, the way global governments would have reacted could have been quite different. I think yeah, I think you speak a lot of sense there. I think that's a very good point that you bring up there, Sebastian. We're going to move on really quickly, but I wanted to ask you, there is kind of a underlying argument that's starting to really gather strength here in Australia, and that is how many times can we lock down, re-lock down, lock down, re-lock down uh, to, to the point where we've just got to understand that COVID is going to be with us. Uh, we don't know about a vaccine. Uh, like you said, we can't measure the deaths of, you know, suicide or, uh, you know, domestic violence and extra drinking. Do you think, looking at a model such as Australia, that we need to start getting to the point where we just have to open up and we just have to live with what happens here the same way that Sweden has done that uh, with you? Well, I mean, I wouldn't presume to tell Australia how to run no, we want to know country, your, but... but we want to know your opinion, though, your opinion from you as a doctor and, and from where you're coming from. What do you think about that? Because it is certainly gathering strength, uh, uh, strength that mm -hmm. kind of argument that we just can't keep locking people down. I think the only situation where lockdown really makes sense is if you're willing to stay in lockdown until there is an effective vaccine. Because... Yeah, right. If you're not willing to stay in lockdown that long, which could be another year, it might be another several years. Uh, if you're not willing to stay in lockdown that long, then lockdown doesn't really make any sense because the moment you open up, there's going to be an explosion of cases and you're going to end up going through what Sweden has already gone through and you're going to end up mm -hmm. developing herd immunity before a vaccine arrives. So, sure. I, I mean, that's the thing people need to decide. Are we willing to stay in lockdown for another year or potentially another couple of years? And if not, then maybe we should be going for the herd immunity approach instead. It's really interesting what you say about that, because this is the defining moment about the future of lockdown, because we're seeing new cases pop up all over the place. Some new cases just in Queensland here where we are, where I am. Um, I'm, the, the problem you face with this thought in this country is the idea that we got it wrong because Australia has been all about the lockdown. Um, and we feel in some states protected. We have lockdown states within our country from other states where in Victoria the, the, um, the coronavirus has gotten a little bit out of control, but it is coming back down now with stage four restrictions. So is it a political football here now about the idea of herd immunity versus lockdown? Because as you say, a lockdown only works if you're prepared to go the long, dis the long haul. I think that it could be the case. I think for politicians to back down and say, you know, maybe Sweden did the right thing and maybe we should, that's what we should do instead. I, mean, I really don't see that. It's a big that. call. <laughs> but, but there is also the fact that the US really has, have a, has had a half-hearted lockdown um, that, you know, their, their citizens are completely ignoring it. But they've had... Uh, Hundred, what is it, 180,000 deaths now? So herd immunity certainly hasn't happened there. So, I mean, the US isn't really, uh, for any practical purpose, one country. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, it has 330 million people. Mm. Each state is really its own country if you compare with, with uh, how it works in the rest of the world. And the uh, so I know in the US people have been talking about multiple waves, like they're saying there's been the first wave and then there's been the second wave. And yeah. I really, I don't think that's the case. I think there's just one wave that's been hitting different parts of the US at different time points. Right. And I think probably parts of the US, like I think probably New York has developed herd immunity at this point. They have a curve that looks very similar to the curve we have here in Stockholm. And there are other parts of the US that haven't, uh, that haven't really experienced COVID yet and that are still in the worst of it. One and, final uh, question here, sorry, because we, we really, and I, I don't mean to just be throwing curveballs at you, but this is really important to us in Australia because we want to see a way forward. But I've pulled up an article where it makes the point that um, Sweden has a higher percentage of the country's population um, getting COVID-19 than Nordic nations such as Norway, which has only had 264 deaths, despite the population only being half of that of Sweden's. So 
Is is it a point that because of the lack of lockdown that Sweden has significantly had an increased rate of mortality because of COVID-19? I think that is definitely the case. Uh, I, I mean, Norway, Denmark, Finland, they all went into serious lockdown and they've managed to contain the spread and they each only have a couple of hundred deaths. Sweden has a couple of thousand deaths. So I think that is definitely the case that in the short-term perspective, if you're only looking at the number of deaths over a few months, they've done a much better job. But like I, I said, lockdown only makes sense if you're willing to go the long haul and wait mm -hmm. until there's an effective vaccine. Because the moment those countries leave lockdown, they're going to see an explosion of cases and they're going to end up with the same death numbers that Sweden's already existed. But you know what's interesting? I I like over this chat, you know, we've we've been able to establish that you know you have the best interest of the human race. Like you know, you're not saying this because you're a bad person or a good person. You're just saying your facts and your truth. That's what you're doing. You're speaking your truth. But would you hang your hat on that? Would you tell a whole country like Australia and me being in Melbourne, Victoria, where we're in stage four lockdown, that we've made a mistake? Are you saying that you would hang your hat? and tell an entire other country that herd immunity is the way forward? Like I'm saying, I don't want to tell other countries what to do, what's wrong or right. I mean, you But isn't to... it then dangerous to be able to write an article? I mean, I'm, I think you're a fabulous guy. I, you know, from this chat, I can tell that you have great empathy and that you have facts and you're speaking your own truth. But that's very, it's a really dangerous thing to uh, put your name on the bottom of unless you truly believe this is the way forward. So uh, I really just, uh, Sweden was getting a lot of criticism for its handling of COVID. And I really just wanted to share my perspective on what Sweden did and how that turned out. And I think, I think that is valuable information for other countries in, in deciding whether they should be relaxing lockdown or if they want to continue with lockdown for another one plus years. Mm. I think I'm just providing the information as I see it on on what happened with the Swedish experiment. And then and then each country can take that information going forward and decide uh, uh, what you want to do. Well, yeah. Sebastian, you have fascinating insight. And to see more of Sebastian's article and to read this article, which is a really good read, head to SebastianRushworth.com. Thank you for joining us today. It's been fascinating to talk to you. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you very much. Oh. What a, <laughs> what a crazy, crazy show this has been. That was a very interesting uh, interview, but we've had a crazy loose show that's ended up in something so important to be discussed, Ben and Robbo. That's yeah, right. It, it really is. It, it, and he was so well-spoken. And it, it, that's important, I think. We, we tend to go into the bubbles of what we believe in. So if you're more left-leaning, you'll, you'll tend to go into that bubble. If you're more right-leaning... So I think it's very important for everyone. So I do like, for example, Breitbart News, Rob and Ben. So, um, you know, I, 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 I want to see what they're saying because it's important to have that kind of uh, overall idea of uh, of what people are thinking. So it was very, I think it was very good that we got him on and a great get by our producer, Abby Mickelson. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, uh, moving on again, because there's a lot more to discuss and it's time to talk TV with Malk from TV Blackbox. Hello, Malk. How are you today? Uh, gentlemen, hello, Ben, Robin, Robert. It is so great to be uh, the icing on this amazing cake. <laughs> Malk, <laughs> the biggest story from the weekend is Channel 7 nabbing The Voice. Oh, Rob, to say that this came out of left field is an understatement of a surprise. Uh, and it's not the first time that uh, Seven have done this. Of course, we saw Farmer Wants a Wife, previously a nine, uh, a format that was well known and associated with Nine, land on Seven. They did a pretty good job of it this year. And it, it was, uh, look, a, a pretty good rating success for them. I think them picking up The Voice is an interesting one, not only because it kind of seems to be following that Seven does something that Nine did kind of vibe again and seven have come out and said that they're going to do it cheaper and better 
God bless them. I look forward to look forward to seeing that. But I think the most interesting part of it, and I'd love your thoughts, uh, Ben Robin Robbo, is that Nine have basically said, "Good luck, go your hardest." It was an expensive thing in our schedule that wasn't giving us the returns. Ouch. Yeah, I don't it's think funny. they. I, I don't think they. Sorry, I just was going to say, I think that's fighting words. I think there is some disappointment there. We did actually see something happen like this uh, and it was blocked and that was the Channel 7 look to buy Love Island off Channel 9 and, you know, that was because they let those rights to the show lapse and this was a mistake yeah. and Channel 9 lost out on money to keep Love Island on their network. Yep. I think the same sort of thing has happened here. Desperate times uh, have meant that you know, maybe the network thought no one was going to take... This is my thoughts on it. I don't know this for a fact, but I believe that Channel 9 must have thought no one was going to buy the voice in the state that it was in. However, it still does rate pretty good numbers, and those numbers are still better than numbers that Channel 7 had been getting on some of their other shows. So, you know, it might, well, it might be a good decision. There's a couple of points here. Let me bring in the Channel 9 statement because we actually have it. And they sure. said, unfortunately, yes. due to the age of the show and declining demographic profile, The Voice had become by far the poorest financial performer on our slate. We wish Seven well in their quest to revive yet another <laughs> Nine show. Uh, Rob, that's before a... you kick on, though, oh, I can I just that. decode that for people that aren't in the industry? What that's saying is Channel 9 saying to Channel 7, put your money on the fridge and shut the door on the way out. Yeah, well, and, and now there are reports that Seven of China nab uh, Ninja Warrior as well, Malt. Look, it, it's really interesting, isn't it, that that, that Seven are, are leaning so heavily in for their 2021 schedule by, by trying to grab formats that they would perceive are, are doing well. And look, absolutely, Nine have been pushing hard. The, uh, you know, the voice, Ninja Warrior... Uh, they have been creating new formats. We look at things like Lego Masters. The block is in its 16th season and really starting to step into good business for Nine again, just in last night's first room reveal. So it's a very interesting space. I think there are some formats that Nine would be pleased to let go. I think that there are some that absolutely they will say that they are pleased to let go. Uh, and there are some that they absolutely would never want to let go. Not, seven have big holes to fill in their schedule because we can all but guarantee my Kitchen Rules is not returning in 2021. And after Plate of Origins, um, let's say, lacklustre premiere last night, well, we'll get I wouldn't that in expect a it to be doing too much in 2021, that's for sure. Um, just a last note on that. Crikey is reporting that with Seven buying the voice, it all but means House Rules is gone. But like you, Malt, my money is on My Kitchen Rules being gone. Yeah, guaranteed. If you're going to cut out of those two shows, which ones are going to drop? I think that you can drop MKR like an absolute lead weight that it's become and honestly rework um, House Rules by maybe suggesting that the hosts that they had this year get replaced with the old host that they had. But who knows if Joe Griggs <laughs> would want to return. All ones that get along. Oh, well, that's right. All ones that are quite happy to be there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Sorry, it's not my... Oh, I was just going to also ask you as well, Malk, uh, while I've got your attention. So we know yes. that COVID-19 is... Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I get to ask a question with Malk. This is so exciting. So great. Uh, but we, we know that COVID-19 is having a big impact when it comes to production yes. on TV shows. And you've got a little bit more insight on that. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, we know, Ben, that absolutely, particularly in Melbourne, that it has just shut down a whole bunch of shows. The Mask Singer is currently on, let's call it a temporary hiatus. Um, uh, and it's also affected uh, Millionaire Hot Seat in the same way because they share studio facilities, not the same studio, but same behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so they've had to be careful about that. Um, the Chase has moved out of Melbourne and is moving up to Sydney so that they can keep filming. There's lots of effects. We see here the block on screen. They had to take a forced break. The Bachelor that we're watching on 10 right now had to take a forced break and keep filming somehow. So there's all of those sorts of impacts. And, in fact, the knock-on effect with the Mask Singer stuff because of Osher Ginsburg's involvement in that and, of course, his integral play uh, in uh, The Bachelorette, it means that he's kind of stuck in the middle of, uh, you know, the same kind of impact, you know, lockdown in Melbourne. He'll face the same when he gets back to Sydney to film more of that. There is a limited production window left in 2021. Now, the networks all tell us they have enough stuff to get them through to the end of the year, and that's great. My question is... How are they going to do 2021? Because while mm. there are some production limitations now, 
There are ways to keep filming, and we've seen that. Channel 10 managed to get five bedrooms filmed under a coronavirus uh, kind of you know physical distancing situation, and good luck to them. Well done. Um, we'll need to see a whole lot more of that because, as we know, I mean, Robbo, you'd know, TV doesn't get made, that kind of TV, overnight. You've got to put in a lot of effort and make it happen and get it going. Um, you know, I mean, what are you looking forward to that might not make it to screen next year? Well, Mark, I think you've seen today that it, it obviously looks to the audience that uh, putting together a television show is very simple, but we've shown today that it's it's uh, it's, it's not <laughs> it's fun. We're having a good time. Having um, a great time. Oh, take it, sorry, take a quick shot of Rob now because he's got his little humpy pants on, does he? Oh, no, he just changed. <laughs> I now, Mark, just I'm just but but we are running out of time, Robbo, if you could <laughs> please just... get to the next question. <laughs> Of course exactly. I can, Rob. Um, really quickly, Mark, uh, there, there's been a report that's just popped up on news.com.au that Channel 7 uh, want to poach the state of origin from Channel 9. I mean, what is next? What, are they going to steal the Sullivans, for goodness sake? I don't know, but we'll leave that powder dry for the moment. I do want to ask you about uh, Plate of Origin. Uh, how did that go? Because that's been a big show, but I don't care for it. You go. Look, by the way, great Sullivan's joke. Robbo, I tried it this morning. It didn't work either. Um, uh, look, as far as what's happening with, <laughs> what's happening with Plate of Origin is uh, the premiere episode last night on Channel 7 in the five-city metro uh, you know, region, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, um, Adelaide and Perth, drew 667,000 viewers. That's not bad, and oh. by Seven's standards... Um, probably some of the best TV they've delivered this year um, outside their news and sport product. The challenge is that it's not a great start for a new format that they have million-dollar judges on that they would want to see a lot more eyeballs uh, attracted to and up against the block, which pulled, you know, 1.016 million for its room reveal, an average of 940,000 viewers in that same market. Um, that's a real, there you go. It's such a tough pull to say that we're going to do really, really well um, when you're 400,000 viewers off the pace. Yeah, it's a tough yeah, one. A All right, Mulk, thank you very much. We look forward to your report next week and you, on tvblackbox.com.au. And the podcast is out tomorrow morning. Thank you, Mulk. Thanks, Mulky. All right, it's time for a hit of entertainment. <laughs> And we're going back to Ben because Ben, Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman, he shocked death last week. He's left the world devastated by his loss. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Rob. Look, the world is grieving for the loss of this fine Hollywood actor after the news of his sudden passing sent shockwaves right throughout the media on Friday. It was devastating news, absolutely. However, the beloved actor continued to make history after his passing over the weekend as Twitter revealed the announcement of his death. That tweet that was tweeted by his account is now the most liked tweet in the history of Twitter. So look, that's some pretty wow. impressive stats and a, mm. is a true representation of what we really thought of this man as an actor. You know, I think it does have a lot to do with the fact we managed to not know much. I mean, this 43-year-old actor who's known for Black Panther and many other films, he like died uh, and it is believed that he died of colon cancer and that's the reason. Um, he continued to make movies whilst battling his cancer and it is very... Uh, upsetting to have seen this man it's a huge it's a huge loss let me just tell you that much so ben tell me uh we we saw brad pitt uh in paris over the weekend he was wearing he had an umbrella he had a mask on but that's not why we're talking about him today is it Absolutely not. This is kind of funny, Robbo. Uh, you know, it's one of those situations where you kind of have to ask yourself, is this any of our business? But I can tell you the reason why people are discussing Brad Pitt right now all around the water cooler, around the world, and that is that he has started a relationship with a married woman. So his new girlfriend oh. is Nicole, and she is married. And what makes this situation really interesting is that Nicole's husband is being, has been quoted saying, He's not really interested and that he's not jealous about his extramarital oh, wow. dalliance with, you know, his wife being with Brad Pitt. Oh. Now, this guy's 68 years of age, and I think if you've seen the photos of Nicole, you can see she's a young hottie, so maybe he's just playing his cards well. But it's an open I don't relationship, isn't it, Ben? He's but in a, they're 100... in a open relationship. Yeah, 
I mean, it's not the Tom Hanks-Meg Ryan relationship that we're used to reading about, but let me tell you, everyone involved in this scenario is happy with it. Brad Pitt's happy. Uh, billionaire 68-year-old man who's got lots of money in a few restaurants, he's happy. And Nicole's happy with Brad Pitt. So who are we to judge? I don't know. I love Absolutely. that. I love that old guy's confidence. I, I wish I had that confidence. Yeah, there's not many yeah, men who here. can say, yeah, my wife's with Brad Pitt, I'm fine with it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> My partner was with Brad Pitt. I'd high-five him and say, well done, and we're not in an open relationship. So that's, that's something. Fair enough. All right. Thank you, Ben. That brings us to the end of a very strange edition of the Ben, Robin Robbo Show. Uh, tomorrow we will have the eliminated celebrity from tonight's episode of The Masked Singer, so be sure to join us for that. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Robbo. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. It's a Ben, Robin, Robbo, Ben, Robin, Robbo. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.